Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. Because we live our lives different when that happens. This year we have uh, emphasized a theme called Champions Rise. And um, this month it's been that our champions are birthed. Kind of convenient, right? That Jesus is born in the holiday form, in the calendar of what we say is the church. Now whether you believe that he was born on December the 25th or another date doesn't matter the date. It matters the person. And the belief that God really sent his son to be the savior of the world. And so today I want to talk to you just for a few moments about champions being birthed. Our scripture verse which was read and you quoted today for the month from Luke chapter 2. The angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I love good news. Anybody like good news? Okay, 20 people in the whole room like good news. Okay, so how many like bad news? See, I tricked you, didn't I? We like good news, right? I want to have good news. The angel declared that good news that will cause great joy. Because good news brings great joy. Bad news brings some other things, right? I want good news. For all the people. So if you thought the good news was for just somebody else, now you got the scripture wrong. The scripture says good news For all the people. So look at your neighbor and say, you get to be all the people. All the people. Some of you did not move one inch. At least on Christmas weekend, obey your pastor. At least one Sunday a year, obey. Because I want you to make sure that when you understand that champions are being birthed, We're not just talking about someone else. We're talking about you. So I thought it'd be appropriate that today and tomorrow will be a unique reading of the Christmas story. You don't want to miss tomorrow night's service. It's beautiful. If you've never been to our candlelight uh, Christmas Eve service, you will just be amazed how beautiful this place, this room becomes. Uh, You get to participate in candlelights, but we'll do a unique reading tomorrow of this story. But today I thought I'll just read it in English and our translators will translate it for you with headsets. It comes from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea 
to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, we've probably in our lifetime been told a lot of things. Some of the things we like being told, some of the things we didn't like being told. But there was the announcement from the angels that proclaimed that something amazing was about to happen. There was going to be a birth of a baby. Now, in order for there to be a birth of a baby, there had to be a process that happened in the story. This morning, my wife got up early, and I found it because of internet. She had sent the Christmas story verbally to all of our grandchildren. So she was standing all dressed up, ready to go, and and did the selfie stuff. You know, you guys all do that stuff. And she was telling the Christmas story to our grandchildren. Now, it's amazing how that a grandmother or a Gigi or whatever you call them in your, your country uh, makes the announcement to the grandbabies. But this was more than an announcement to just grandbabies. When the angel said there was going to be the Savior of the world, it was an announcement to the world at that point, but also for us 2,000 years later. There's an announcement. One of the things this pastor doesn't like in a church service is a whole lot of announcements. 
Matter of fact, I keep them to the smallest amount possible because I think it just takes up too much time. I'd rather hear more singing. I'd rather hear more preaching. But I'd rather have more prayer time. But this announcement is one of those announcements you don't want to push aside. It's the greatest announcement you'd ever heard. And if you're going to be birthed as a champion, you better get this part. Because champions are birthed because the Savior was birthed. Did you hear what I just said? So as you hear this message today, I want you to know, point number one, he's the Savior. The Savior. He didn't just come as a baby. He came as the Savior. Your Savior, my Savior. The angel said, the Savior of the world. Now, that's a pretty big assignment, don't you think? To be the Savior of the world. Who could be the Savior of the world? Could you be the Savior of the world? Could your friend be the Savior of the world? No. The only Savior of the world is Jesus. Because there's more than just being born. It's, it's more than just the birthing process. Yes, you women in the room that have had babies or are watching on live stream, that's a process. Our youngest child is going to give birth next year to her first child. And because of situations and things, you know, she's not been doing well. And every day she's sick. That morning sickness is afternoon sickness and evening sickness. Seriously, and, and, and she's, not, she's not feeling good about it. So she called me. I mean, a lot of times she doesn't call me. She calls Mama Jen. <laughs> and she talks about all that sickness stuff. But for some reason, she called me yesterday. And she said, Dad, I want you to know I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I said, well, morning sickness, it'll pass. I can remember when... Pastor Jen was sick with our children, each of our children. She had that morning sickness thing. Now, where we lived in America, it's extremely cold. Snow that comes up about this high, temperature below zero, wear warm, warm clothes, and you're still cold. But Miss Jen had two of the babies in December... And one of the babies in March. And in December and February and January and November, it's cold. Miss Jen would be sick. That means something was happening when you're sick. And I would be running out of the house. (laughs) You're laughing. It's a true story. Because I had this philosophy. There's no sense in two people being sick. Because if she was sick, then that means I'm going to be sick. So I decided that if I get out of there, I run out. And a lot of times I did not have my coat. I didn't even have my shoes. But I knew that if I waited around to hear what I was about to hear, I would be running. And I would be sick. And I didn't want to be sick. 
There was a time then, a few months later, that these children were birthed. And, you know, for the women department, there's a lot of pain in that process, isn't there? When you think about this process of the natural birth, you say, wow, that's difficult. And us men, I I told my son-in-law the other day, I said that, you know, Peter, you're going to be sick too. (laughs) It's just a part of the process. But the women, they don't appreciate the men's sickness. Matter of fact, in our second child, I went to the doctor for medicine to help me with my morning sickness. (laughs) Now, you're laughing at me, but I felt like there's no sense in me being sick too. You thought it was okay if I got sick? So the doctor prescribed medicine to me that helped my sickness. And for a number of months, I used that every day, and it helped. It was amazing. This story is amazing not just because of the birth. I don't know if Mary had morning sickness. I don't know if Joseph had morning sickness. I don't know who had morning sickness. But this one thing I do know, what I just read to you is true. And it's something that you've got to believe. Because if he was birthed, that means he had a purpose for being born. Did you hear what I just said? I believe that every one of you have a purpose for being born. You didn't just show up to the planet. You have a destiny for being here. You have a reason for being here. No matter what your age, no matter where you've come from, what country you've come from, you have a purpose for being here. And the sooner or the later, sooner rather than later, that you find out why you're here, the better your life is going to be. Because every day you got to get up and you got to be driven to keep going and keep moving. There is only one Savior. So I don't know what you're trying to figure out in your life, but until you get a hold of the Savior, you're not going to have the purpose that you need for your life. Don't miss point number one. Some of you have tried to do life without Jesus. Don't do life without Jesus. Whether you're watching on live stream or Facebook live or anything else live that we do that thousands of people watch us, don't do life without Jesus. Your life will not be fulfilled. Yes, you may make a few dollars. Yes, you may have an okay house. Yes, you may have a car. But at the end of the day, all that is going to pass away. You can remember your car. You can remember your house. But I want you to remember your life. I want to see your life. And you look back on your life and say, this is what I've accomplished in my life. The Savior brings that ability to each of us. The Savior brings us... Because there were so many people told this story. 
the angel tells Mary before anything else happened. The angel tells Joseph. The angels tell the shepherds. <laughs> you know, everybody's getting told. Everybody's getting to be a part of the announcement. The star told the wise men. The Bible tells us. What do you listen to? Who told you the story? For some of you, it's been since you were a tiny child. You were raised in a Christian home. For others of you, you're just now hearing it. Some of you for the first time in your whole life. For some of you, you've walked in today into this church and, and because it's Christmas, you decided, hey, I'm going to go to church. And now you're hearing today the Christmas story. Probably for some of you that have ever been in church in a unique way, in an unusual way. But I say to you today, don't look at the method. Look at the message. Do you hear what I just said? Don't look at the method. Look at the message. For unto us is born the Savior of the world. See, if this was truly told to us through the word, then Mark 16, verse 15, really tells us our purpose. Because if we're going to have the Savior, then there has to be a purpose, right? You, you don't have the Savior without a purpose then in life. The purpose is go everywhere and tell everyone good news. Wow. Wow. Because I have people all the time saying, Pastor, what am I supposed to be doing? I just told you. It's not my words. It's the word of God. He's very simple about that. It's very specific. Because we have complicated our lives. Life should be simple. I got a plan. I'm supposed to live my life to give honor to God. But I'm supposed to tell others. About him. Today, at the end of this service, I'm going to ask you to do something. The front of this room is the Gospel of John, the love chapter, the love book, really. That's the book, that's the portion of Scripture that says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish have everlasting life. And I have this book today in many languages. I have it in Dutch and German and Portuguese and Arabic and Italian and English and a few other things, French. And I'm going to ask you to do something because sometimes we miss the message. But I'm going to put in your hand a tool that you can say, okay, i got a job to do. Because sometimes we miss it. I just said, go everywhere and tell everyone the good news. It's just more than the choir singing to you, go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> Joy to the world. It's more than that. It's more than us just caroling out there on the street last night. It's more than you just singing the songs of Christmas. It's the message of hope. We watched as we sang last night to people that 
they begin to cry as we were singing hope to them. That's amazing to me. That we sing hope and people start crying. Wow. Why? Because they were empty inside. There was a vacancy inside. They really didn't know who the Savior of the world was. When we sang joy to the world, the Lord has come. They heard it, but there was no understanding. Because they didn't understand the process of belief. So I'm going to ask you to believe today that you have a purpose in life. And that your purpose in life is to tell other people. And I'm going to put in your hand. Now I'm not going to make one of you do this. I'm just going to ask you. Because there's somebody on a train, there's somebody in your next door neighbor, there's somebody that you work with that needs to hear God loves them and has a plan for their life. And this little tool not only gives them the scripture of it, but the process by doing it. What do I have to do? I got to pray. I got to believe, and this little booklet will help them. So you can pick languages, and what I believe is that God's going to sit down next to you on that subway in the next day or two or three, and he's going to sit somebody, and you're going to reach in your bag or reach in your purse, and you're going to pull out and say, I'm supposed to give this to you. You're going to just be the delivery person. Like I'm the delivery person today, I'm delivering to you that there is only one Savior of the world. His name is Jesus. I'm delivering that message to you. Those kids that danced here a few moments ago, they delivered a message to you. The singers earlier delivered a message to you. The little boy that read and the older man that spoke, they delivered a message to you. It's more about just getting the message. It's giving the message. You can't just get it. You got to give it. How many like to get gifts? Okay. I can tell you the tree's going to be empty on a lot of you. How many like to get that gift? When you open that present and you, wow! How many like that? Okay, look around because there's some people that are next to you. They don't even want a gift. Don't even, don't, don't even think about giving them a gift, right? You know, for me, I like watching people open their gifts. I really do. I like, did I buy the right thing? You know, Jesus had no debate. God had no debate in their mind. Were we doing the right thing? We were given the ultimate gift that's going to change the world. Has there been anything else that for 2,000 years has continued to be told? Nothing. It's the same message that the angel said. And the wise men said. And the shepherds said. Behold, today, I bring you good news. Not only you have that Savior, but the Savior had to become the sacrifice. The sacrifice is him living for 33 years on this planet and dying on a cross. 
See, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without the story. Christmas is Christmas because Jesus came to earth, prophesied thousands of years before he came by Isaiah to say that he's going to be the savior of the world, but then to live that out. I don't know about you, but as I, as a human man, look at the possibility of me dying for you, I'd struggle. Now, dying for my child or my grandchild, no problem. You hearing the difference? There's a relationship that I have with my child, with my grandchild, that there'd be no question. My wife, no question. I'll die. If one of us has to go, I'll go. But Jesus became the Savior of the world for all of us. Even the ones that don't believe. Even the ones that curse Him. Even the ones that live in disobedience. He's still their Savior. Because he was the ultimate sacrifice. So that leads to the last point. There's a story. You can't can't just have the Savior and you can't just have the sacrifice. There has to be a story. You've read and heard this Christmas story. That's an incredible story. and, and, And for a few thousand years, you may have been saying that those people all these years have been singing about this story. They've been preaching about this story. They've been writing about this story. I heard some songs today that I'd never heard before. They still write songs about Christmas. Today, the the team up here, they sang some song, part of a song I'd never even heard before. You think all the songs of Christmas have already been written? You think the story is over? (laughs) There's no more to be said about Christmas? The Christ child, is there nothing else? Has the angels already said everything that could be said? Has everything been written that should be written? Has, Has your life lived out everything that you should have lived out about the story? My answer is no. There's still more to the story. And the champion is being birthed not just because Jesus was birthed, but he's trying to birth being a champion into you. He doesn't want you to live your life defeated. He doesn't want you to live your life going backwards instead of forwards. See, the Bible says... That I was once in trespasses and sins. In other words, I used to be that way. I'm not that way anymore. If you've believed the story, if you've accepted the Savior, if you've taken on the new birth, then this is your story. Jesus' story is already written. But now we're talking about your story, the new birth. How's your story being written? 
I hope there's a whole lot more chapters in my story. We have a lot of young adults in our church, and and I, I can tell you, young adults, your best days are still in front of you. And for us old people in the room, our best days, at least what I believe, is still in front of me. Do you hear what I just said? I never knew coming to Italy that God told me that I was going to come move, come to Rome, pastor this church. I had no clue when he put in my heart how I was going to reach a million people. I had no clue. All I did was say yes. All the stuff that it was going to take to accomplish this goal, I had no idea. But I trusted in the Lord my God. I believed in him. So I moved with him to come to this city. And now that they tell me, the, the tech people tell me that on a, on a normal weekly basis, there's 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people that watch what we do here. And that's not with a whole lot of work yet. We're about in 2019 to make that go fast forward. Because I'm convinced that if I can reach 30,000 on a weekend, I can reach 300,000 on a weekend. Why? I got God. I got a belief that God is for me. I got a belief that this message needs to be around the world. It can't just be kept here in Rome. It's got to go everywhere. That's what the Bible said. Go everywhere and tell everyone the good news. So from your countries, I'm going to tell them the message. We're going to figure out translation. We're going to figure out scripting below it. We're going to figure out all that stuff. God's going to give me the tech people that's going to make all that work. But this one thing I know, I made up my mind that this story is true. No one has to convince me that Jesus was born and Christmas is about Jesus. I believe it with all my heart. And I will do all within my power to obey what God asked me to do. Say, Pastor, I'm here on an education. i got to get my education. Keep going. But in the process of getting your education, tell others of the good news. I'm here with a job. i got to do my job. Yes, do your job. But know that you're here for a reason. And God has you sitting next to people in your place of work that you need to tell them God loves you and has a plan for your life. This story is your story. Quit saying it's somebody else's responsibility. Quit saying you don't have time. Quit saying you don't have the resources. It's your moment. Some of you may be older and you're saying, well, I'm getting older. Hey, listen, they still listen to old people. Right, young people? Okay, five of my young people better speak a little louder than that right now. You still listen to older people, right, young people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me. This story needs to be told. But when it becomes your story, it's so much easier to tell. Because it's not about 
It's not about what you've done. It's about where you're going. I want you to see these couple slides of life. See that little baby? That's life. See that little baby? That's life. See that? See those two little guys? That's double life. Now look at these stories. That's life. See that story? That's life. You see that story? That's life. This happened here. The story is still being told. You may be looking at a picture that may have been your picture that I put up there this weekend. You can pay me later. (laughs) Go back to story, Cherry. When you think about the story, what's your story look like? When you look at 2018, what did your story look like? When you look back, I'm looking in this room and I'm seeing some of you parents that you had a child this year. Good year. Some of you got contracts this year. Good year. Some of you got your papers to live here. Good year. Some of you went through some physical situations and God healed you of some conditions in your life and you sit here now totally healed. Good year. Some of you sit here and you had wayward son or daughter or a family member and you sit here today and say, Yay God! They once was lost. They were once dead in trespasses and sins. Now they're made new and alive in Christ Jesus, the Savior of the world. Listen to your pastor today. He's the Savior of your world. And before he can be the Savior of the world, he's got to be the Savior of your world. That makes you believe. That's the cool thing. I was made alive because I believed. You're made alive because you believe. You talk about an amazing story, write yours out. 2018, for some of you, may not have been so good. If Jesus should tarry just a few more days... Say, Pastor, from time to time you say those words. What does that mean? The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, there's going to be a trumpet. The trumpet's going to sound, and the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise up. And we which are alive and remain are being caught up together in the clouds so that we can all be together, those that believe, with the Lord forever. See, that's a part of the story. That's in the Bible. It's just not the Christ of Christmas. It's the Christ of Easter. It's not just the Christ of Easter. It's the Christ of the resurrection. It's not just the Christ of the resurrection. It's the Christ of Jesus coming back. It's not just the Christ of Jesus coming back. But it's the Christ of heaven. 
It's the Christ forever. Listen, my friend, the story is never going to end. Because the Bible says it, we will reign with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Hear me. You think, well, my story is going to be done when I get to be a certain age and I die. No, 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 no. If we believe the story, hear me. If we believe the story, we go to heaven. And if we go to heaven, we live forever. Remember, this is your story. I know what I believe. I know what my grandbabies believe. I know what my daughters and their husbands, I know what they believe. Because Poppy drills them constantly. Poppy don't, is not afraid to ask them constantly. So you kind of treat us like we're the kids. No, it was hard for me to understand the spiritual father thing when I first showed up here in Rome. That, that was a little hard for me because that's not a typical thing in America. I, 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 it, it took me a few months to really get that. And it was hard for me to understand that in some of your countries that the pastor of the church is considered the spiritual father. That, that, that was not something I was taught. It was not something that was in my Bible school or my Bible training. But you know what I've done over the last four and a half years here in Rome? I've accepted the full responsibility of being your spiritual father. And what I mean by that is if I've accepted the responsibility that I'm going to push you as hard as I can push you to make it to heaven. I'm going to tell you, come on, you can do this. I'm going to encourage and, and push hard. And, and sometimes, you know, just come on. Because sometimes we need a little bit of come on. Hello? But I'm doing that because I want to make sure that this story is just not a story we read at Christmas. But it's a story you live every day of your life. Do you hear what I just said? It's a story you live every day of your life. And the amazing part of the story is God wants you to be a part of it. See, champions are birthed with the favor of God, regardless of the rejection of kings. Come on, Johan. Champions are birthed in spite of the challenge. It may be a challenge for you, but don't worry about it. God's got this. Did you hear what I just said? God's got this. Champions are birthed in the face of adversity. You talk about adversity, Jesus had adversity. Mary and Joseph had adversity. But they went through the process. Champions are birthed to overcome. We're not birthed to just stay dormant. 
stay stagnant, stay still. We're birthed to move forward. When we're moving forward, the enemy's going crazy. <laughs> he says, there's that church doing. They're going, they're, they're moving forward. <laughs> Champions are birthed with victory in store. Don't you want to see your best year ever? For some of you, I know you look at 218 and say, wow, this year was amazing. But you know what? 219 can even be better. You think you had a good year in 218? You just look at what 219 is about to bring you. Some of you are saying, well, I'll be glad when 218 is over. It's about over. But you still got two more weeks to make sure everything's okay. Because without Jesus, your story will not have a good ending. Without Jesus being the Savior of your world, you will not have a good year. Champions rise as they grow in God's ways. This coming year, we're going to put a whole lot more emphasis on Bible teaching. We've got to. We've learned that in this congregation, not everyone knows the Bible. You may have learned it as a little child and you've kind of forgotten it. We're going to do more education in this church. See, I want you to be a champion and being raised up to do it God's way. Quit doing it your way and let it be God's way. Because if you do it God's way, His anointing is going to be upon your life. And the assignments that he gives you are going to be amazing. Some of you that have not been involved in this church this coming year, you're going to start getting involved. They're going to come to me and say, our choir is so big, how are we going to get more, more space? Don't worry about it. Ben's working on it. We're going to get a bigger building. Things are going to happen because we believe God is for us. God has the ability for those of you listen to this point to change the pain into your purpose. You've gone through this struggle. You've gone through this difficulty. You've gone through this pain for this season. It's about to change. And you're going to see some purpose come out of that pain. And you know we've been praying with you because nobody wants to go through pain. Nobody wants to go through that. But I can tell you at the midnight hour, God is going to see you through. And that pain is going to turn into your purpose. Your struggles are going to become His strategies in your life. Don't miss the strategies God's got for you. His ways are different than our ways. Remember your teaching, though. Listen, His ways are different. If you've been doing it the same way for so many years, quit doing it that way. Now it's time to do it His way. You hear what I just said? Do it His way. Champions are birthed in new seasons. I love Christmas. Today there will be people at my home and we'll get to laugh and we'll eat pasta. I love pasta. That's because I'm Italian. I could have pasta every day. 
Eating's a part of Christmas. Tomorrow, I'm going to somebody's home, and they're going to feed me. <laughs> Next day, I'm going to eat again. Have you listened to your pastor today? My story is still going. I feel more revived to what God is going to do next year than our first four and a half years here. It seems like I'm just getting warmed up. Just got some things all organized and we're about to ready to about ready to fly. It's taken a few years to get things where they need to go. But we're about ready to go. Our dance team's going to get bigger. We're going to have a kids' dance team. The youth is going to explode. Our young adults are going to explode. It's just going to be incredible. Our hosting team, oh my goodness, our meet, it's just going to be awesome. This will be a great place if you're here in Rome to be a part of a church that don't just care about ourselves, we care about others outside those doors. And we're going to use every means possible to keep this story going. Do you hear what I just said? It's our job to tell. You diplomats in this room, we got a job to do. You people that work at some of these agencies in our city, we got a job to do. God sent you to this city for a reason. Come help your pastor and let's go do something big for God. It's our story. We got to carry this story. Today you may have walked in this room and your story is not so good. Stuff has happened. I'm not here to relive your story. I'm here to get you all straightened out. So that you can say I once was lost. Now I'm made brand new. It's one prayer. You hear your pastor say often, one prayer away from a miracle. You're watching on live stream, one prayer will change your life. One prayer. What's the prayer, Pastor? Lord, I'm sorry. Come into my life. It changes everything. Say, what I do next? We'll worry about what you do next when we get to next. Let's worry about the prayer first. The story starts with a prayer. The prayer says, God, change my life. What I do next is up to God. You may be one of our guests today and you say, I've never been in a church like this before. Because today I've talked about relationship instead of religion. God doesn't care about our religions. God cares about our relationship. If any of you want to read my notes today, I'm going to lay them here and I'm going to let Jackie make sure that they're on for you. And you're going to see in the middle of my my message, I say exactly those words. It's not about our religion. It's about our relationship. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Say, well, my church doesn't teach that. I'm not talking about your church. I'm talking about what the Bible says. The Bible says what you're going to hand out to all the people 
For God so loved. You talking about amazing story? That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that the story you want? You talk about an amazing story. That's the story. And for thousands of years, it's been the life-changing story of people, just like you and me. And you may be sitting in this room today saying, Pastor, I've heard what you said, and I believe that. But today, one prayer can change your life from this day forward. You've heard me say it many times. I'll say it again, and I'll say it many more times. There's not a sin you've committed that God can't forgive. I'll say it again. Because I hear that all the time. I'm too bad. I've done too many bad things. No, 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 no. When Jesus hung on that cross, the blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Not just certain sins, all sins. If he's going to be the Savior of the world, make sure he's the Savior of your world. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.